This is Jennifer Papita with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today on the show in this series on managing, we've talked about managing our homes with Crystal Payne. We've talked about managing our emotions with Emily Pepito. And today we're talking to Dorenda Wilson about managing our homeschool. Dorenda is the mom of eight children and the host of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. She's graduated all of her students from her homeschool. And I'm so excited to hear her wisdom today on managing homeschooling. Thanks for joining me, Dorenda. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited that we get to chat. Uh, we've talked a little bit in past, and I've gotten to be on your podcast episode about homeschooling a large family because sometimes people think, oh, I'm in a homeschool, and so they're going to pile on all these workbooks and textbooks and multiple levels of curriculum for multiple children, and then they wonder why they're not really enjoying it and why mm-hmm. they frazzled. <laughs> How did you manage homeschooling your large family? Okay. Well, you know, I think it's when it comes to homeschooling, period, we do have to go into our days with the right mentality and the right perspective. And for me, as a homeschooling mom of many kids, um, I really learned to see things um, in a way that made it doable for me. And in in the first thing was that I wasn't managing and educating things. I was nurturing souls. You know, our kids are made up of physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual parts, and they all overlap. And when we're when we're educating our kids, we are actually educating the whole child. That's that's I think one of the benefits of being able to, uh, to homeschool is being able to educate the whole child and not pattern ourselves after a system that is failing. And so that was the first thing is just. To understand that I was my job was more than anything to nurture, to be mom first and teacher second. And honestly, if we are nurturing our kids um, from that mom heart, uh, the teaching just seems to come naturally. It's part of that nurturing. Also, you know, I uh, you know I'm a I'm a Christian, and I believe that God is the creator of life. And we, I believed that and still do believe that God brought every single child into our family uh, when he wanted to, the way he wanted to. So he, I believe he weaves our families together and he weaved our family together in this particular way. And he had a way to make daily life and homeschooling doable for all of us. But it was just navigating my way there. Um, I had decided from the beginning that I would take a, a more simple, unhurried approach in the early years. But then it does get more tempting as they get older to pile more on. Um, but what I found was that I continually had to simplify Um and remember that our family was unique. I, I had to resist the temptation, not that I didn't give into it sometimes, but resist the temptation to compare. Um, I, I needed to pay attention to what God had given me. He had not given me other people's kids to homeschool. He gave me mine. He gave me the ones that I had. And so I needed to do it in a way that worked for them, but also for me as a mom. And I remember at one point I had six kids, nine and under, And at that point, um, we had two girls who were nine and seven. And then the four little boys, when the fourth one was born, the oldest boy wasn't even six yet. So we had this pretty 
amazing dynamic going on in terms of our our daily family life was really so much about caring for little ones. It was about changing diapers. It was about keeping everyone on a routine and a good nap schedule and all of that. And I remember at one point, I was so frustrated with myself because I could not get four days a week in of just really minimal book work with our nine and seven-year-old. I could do three, but I could not seem to get that fourth in. And I just was feeling constantly like a failure. And so I prayed about it and this thought came to my mind and I'm pretty sure it was God. It was this, can you, can you just be happy with three days? (laughs) And I said to myself, yes, actually I can be, I, I can be okay with that. And when I settled into the fact that that's what season we were in. At that particular time, it wasn't always going to be like that. But for that time, that's what I needed to do in order to continue to do what was actually breathing life into our family, what was doable for me as a mom who was still getting up at night with with a you know baby who was nursing and all of that. So I think it really comes down to being willing to eliminate the things that aren't breathing life into our family in that particular season. And now this doesn't mean that our kids don't ever have to do anything that they don't want to. That's not what I mean at all. Um, That I had this sort of ratio that I would use. If 80% of what we were doing uh, homeschool wise was enjoyable and maybe 20% was hard work, that that was a ratio that I could live with. Um, but I think understanding that our lives um, are, are consist of seasons and just paying attention to the season you're in, the kind of mom you are, where your kids are. But what ended up happening also during that time um, was I eliminated a couple of subjects that I kept trying to do. Um, one, uh, one thing that um, was just frustrating me so much was trying to get science and history in. And, um, in those early years. And so I was thinking about it and praying about it. And I realized, you know, like how much history and science do I actually remember from elementary school? You know, I mean, not much, only the things that I'm really, really interested in, that I was really, really interested in. So I thought, why not make science and history available, but self-directed. So I had good books laying around. Um, You know, I kept our kids, whatever TV watching to things like Kratz Creatures and the Magic School Bus and um, Liberty's Kids. And so there were elements of science and history in those. And often that would inspire them to be self-directed in pursuing maybe one particular character or a particular sciencey type of thing. And I was always ready to feed that interest when I saw it, you know, arise. But we pretty much did self-directed science and history throughout the elementary years. And then in in high school, they did a much more, um, you know, complex, more systematic uh, curriculum for history and science. And so I think that was, those are probably some of the main things that I did and realized along the way that were the most helpful. Yeah. I really appreciate that because I think that there's so much of learning and teaching and educating that does just happen in the atmosphere of our home. You know, if your Mm -hmm. children are up in the morning and you're cutting up apples and you're talking about uh, cutting the pieces and how many pieces are in one whole apple or right. you're reading a picture book to your children. Like most moms are trying at least to read some mm-hmm. out of their children. So the picture books that you read, so many of them are beautiful nature stories and, and they spark some kind of science exploration or play in our children. They, they read about a boat on the pond and they go out and try and 
float a boat in a puddle or, you know, there's so many yes. things that our children do that are natural expressions of learning. And you look at Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. it says, you know, teach your children as you walk and as mm-hmm. you lay down and as you rise up. And so I think that we discount often the power of just that incidental teaching what's happening as we change diapers and as we mm-hmm. cook the meals. Mm-hmm. And, and then we think we have to add on all this curriculum when really part of the curriculum is just our lives. Exactly. Exactly. And that was another discovery I made when I, when I dropped the science and the history and I just started observing. So what does our normal, you know, what our normal everyday life requires in terms of caring for these younger children and keeping a simple routine and shouldering, you know, as, as soon as possible, shouldering them with some responsibility like chores, you know, some, some simple things to help out around the house, making their beds, um, learning to get along, things like that. When I actually sat back and observed, I realized just what you said, how much our kids learn from family life. And so if we're investing well in creating an atmosphere in our home that is peaceful and uh, conducive to learning because it's not chaotic, it's not overstructured, um, and we also recognize the benefits of the season we're in. The benefits to my older kids when we had these younger kids is that they learned to nurture. They learned to change diapers. They learned to, um, you know, what what developmental phase is a two-year-old going through? You know, this is, oh, they, you know, they sometimes act out and they're doing it because of this and they're learning child development, you know? And these are all things that our kids carried into adulthood. And as they've become parents, they have been so comfortable with parenting because they've been around babies and kids there since they can remember. And it's just benefited them in so many ways as adults. Um, some of them have worked with children, um, you know, it, but even just the fact that they can go into their parenting with such a, a comfort and a, a confidence, I think puts them miles ahead of a lot of parents out there um, and allows them to um, just be able to actually enjoy parenthood because they're not so busy trying to learn how to be a parent. Um, so there's just, you know, you think about that. Well, that all that all happened years and years and years ago during that time when I thought, oh my goodness, I can't do more than three days of school a week, you know, but then sitting back and looking at, well, how might this life we have be beneficial to them, you know, in, in every way, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, educational, it's there, you know, and if we look at it, if we look for it and we see it, we can learn to take advantage of it and we can also learn to relax in it and enjoy. And I think this is the key right there. I hear from so many moms who just aren't enjoying their kids. They're not enjoying them because they're so weighed down by all the things that they think they should be doing, quote unquote, instead of just sitting back and just saying, okay, what is actually doable for our family? What do I want for my kids? You know, um, a lot of, I have a lot of conversations with my husband about this because, you know, he and I are a team and I wanted to make sure that I was implementing the things that were important to him. Um, and of course, at that phase of the game, the one I just described when they're all nine and under, there's a lot of character training going on. And you and I both know that's hugely foundational, not just to their lives, but to their education. If we can, if we can, 
in the very beginning, really train them well, our homeschooling journey is going to go so much better. But it requires us to not be caught up in, oh, we've got to do science and history, you know, in their kindergarten, first grade. But instead, let's learn how to do this job in a timely way. Let's learn how to do what mommy asks right away, not delaying, not talking back, you know, things like that. So those are those are huge things to be teaching our kids um, during that particular season. Right. And, and actually in the Peaceful Press resources, we include a daily practical skills activity because that action of, you know, maybe sweeping a floor or organizing your sock drawer or putting the silverware away in the drawer, all of those little actions actually do teach your children so many critical thinking skills yes. and categorizing and logic mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and motor skills. So there are so many benefits to the natural things that we do in our day. You know, same with the science and history, like in the Peaceful Press resources, we kind of simplify the language arts so that we do have time to read a picture book about science. And then your Mm -hmm. children, all Mm -hmm. of what they, so much of what they do is their own scientific discoveries. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They are making mud pies in the backyard and understanding, you know, liquid and solid. How much dirt do I add to the water to make it work? You know, and I think we just discount so much natural learning that happens. And that is what we try to capitalize on the peaceful press. And I love that, you know, when we do simplify then there is more space to actually enjoy our children and be more responsive and loving to them instead of just feeling so stressed out all Mm -hmm. the time. Exactly. Exactly. You're spot on. Absolutely. So you were trying to manage all these multiple grades. And it sounds like you did similar to myself where we kind of combined some subjects and simplified Mm -hmm. in that way. And and then also maybe even eliminated some subjects. Mm -hmm. Were there any other tips that you had for managing multiple grades, multiple levels? Yeah, you know, and I think every mom is different. So you have to listen to my perspective as just one of many perspectives. But for me, um, one of the things that I did that was the most helpful was to get them as independent as possible, as soon as possible. And what I mean by that is my kids knew that they needed to sit down. Um, we did do a, you know, a couple of workbooks each day, mainly for uh, math and, you know, some language arts or whatever. And and I did that because I really, I needed to know that we were plotting in the basics. And the only way I could really like know for sure that that was happening is to have something tangible like a workbook. So for me, that was necessary. I know moms out there do things hands-on and I just think it's wonderful. There's so many different ways to do this. But for me, um, I wanted to, because I had so many little, little ones, I, I wanted them to be able to at least do as much as they could on their own initially first thing in the morning. So like when our chores were done and our breakfast was done and I had inspected all the chores and we would go into uh, the family room and they would get out their workbooks and they knew we had, they had to do, you know, this many pages in each book, put the date at the top. And of course, this is when they're already, um, they're already reading on their own and they're able to write, you know, letters on their own and they're able to do, you know, write numbers and do basic math. So at that point, when they didn't need me to teach them that anymore, then I kind of just gently nudge them towards just getting out their workbooks and sitting down and, and doing those each day. And, and I started out by saying, you know, read the directions to me and they would read the directions to me. And I would say, what do you think those directions are telling you to do. And they would explain to me, and sometimes they were right and sometimes they weren't, but even that process right there, I'm teaching them to read directions, understand them, be able to verbalize them, and then to do them. 
there's a whole bunch of processes that just happened right there. And so that was how I did it. And I was always available. Like if I saw they were having problems or they asked, I always, always reminded them I'm right here if you need me, you know, cause I might be nursing a baby or, you know, taking care of a toddler. Um, I would say I'm right here if you need me, um, just let me know. And so that was, that was the way that I did it. Um, from the very beginning. And I also, you know, did some, some things together, like reading together. Um, I had the olders helping with the youngers. So we worked in about 20 minute blocks of time so that I could have an older kid who just maybe they completed their math lesson. Now I'm going to have them sit with the two-year-old for 20 minutes with a special toy or activity that maybe they've picked out to do with them and they can only do during school time. And they sit and they play with them and, and it nurtured their relationship. It allowed me 20 to 30 minutes to work with a child who might need my help. You know, maybe I've got a new reader or a kid who is struggling in math or whatever. So I would just, there was a lot of trading off and shifting. It it, it never all looked the same every day. I will say that. (laughs) But those were some of the things that I think were, were the most helpful. And also, I think it's really important for parents to remember that one of the, um, factors that they list from research that say that, that makes a child more likely successful educationally is a low student teacher ratio. And I'm just going to tell you right now, even with my eight kids, that was a one to eight ratio, right? It's still way better than the traditional school system. And so I talk about this in my book, The Four Hour School Day. I talk about life, family life and and why school in high school doesn't have to take more than four hours. It's far less the younger they are. I cover kindergarten to 12th grade in that book. But just understanding that our kids are still getting a lot more attention from us <laughs> than they would have in a classroom. And so I think just remembering that 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 homes at home setting is really just a really fantastic place for kids to learn. And it's just taking advantage of that and um, advantage of the benefits of having a home setting when it comes to educating our kids. I think it's so true. I, I talk a lot in the peaceful press resources about the atmosphere. And that's one of the Charlotte Mason principles. You know, when you have a home atmosphere where there's a garden to work in, there's a lot of natural science that happens or mm-hmm. where there's a great library to choose from, your children are probably going to pick beautiful books to read in mm-hmm. the off moments. And so, yeah, there's so much that just comes from an intentional right. home. Mm-hmm, and then I, mm-hmm. you know, I think that having that tool in your toolbox of a few workbooks, we used Explode the Code. So I'm, you know, mm-hmm. with the Peaceful Press, it is more of a Charlotte Mason where mom reads out loud and then children narrate, which is kind of what your children were doing when they were right. telling you the directions. Yes. Um, but yes. but there there is a place for having some independent work, like Explode right. the Code workbooks are so good, or maybe mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. kind of a simple math workbook so that you can nurse a baby or do some of these other things in the, yeah, and audiobooks or another, you know, yes. if, you, if you're not a mom who loves to read out loud or you're trying to care for toddlers, mm-hmm. you can get so much beautiful literature in your home just through audiobooks. Absolutely. And, you know, I think... Um, we can't ever underestimate the value of just conversations with our kids. Um, I feel like that happened really naturally, even like if we would read a book together, um, you talked about narration. I did have them do that. That was part of their language arts is, you know, we would read a book and then they would narrate back to me what, what that, 
you know, kind of what happened in the, in the story and all of that. And then when they got older, um, they would write a sentence or two. And then eventually they wrote a summary every day. And this was, this is really the foundation of our language arts. We, we did that every single day, even as they got older, when they read, they had to write a summary. And it's really funny to hear them talk now as adults, how some of them, that's how they study. Now they will read something and then they'll write a summary of it to help them sort of retain what they read. And I just think, wow, that was such a simple approach to our language arts and yet it benefited them so greatly. And then just, you know, just the conversations we have throughout the day, even when we're, you know, when we're changing diapers and we're like, hey, did you just, did you see what he just did? Wasn't that hilarious? And why do you think he did that? And, or, you know, the kids, I leave a good, a pile of good books always good books laying everywhere and they would maybe take their, them to their quiet time in the afternoon after lunch. Um, and then maybe we would talk about, oh, what book did you choose to look at today? And, you know, just, it's just this engaged interaction. You know, when my kids would go out and, and play, they had like self-directed time in the afternoon where they would just have to play and, um, be resourceful and, and get bored and dig down deep and get creative and all of that. But they would come in and we would always have these conversations then and around the dinner table about what they did in the afternoon. And so all of that is really, really beneficial. That's all educational. And I just think, I think that's what I would want parents to walk away from this podcast with is understanding that when you, you know, like you said, setting that tone and that atmosphere in your home, you've already done so much of the work when it comes to your kid's education. So don't ever underestimate that. Yeah, I think that's so important to remember. And, and just that responsiveness, that being available mm -hmm. to have conversations or respond to their stories is such an effective way to educate our children and something they can never get in an institutional school. And right. they'll never get a teacher who can respond to their ideas and thoughts with, with joy and pleasure. Exactly. Exactly. And we get to do that. It's really a privilege. It's wonderful. Do you have any regrets from your homeschool years? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because I, 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 there's nothing that pops out like really, really big. Um, maybe some little things like kind of w wishing maybe I would have been maybe given more praise. And yet, you know, you have to, you have to correct your kids. You, you, there's, there's direction and training that have to happen as they're growing up. And, but I look back and think maybe I could have encouraged them more. Um, but really, I think another thing would be maybe apologetics. I might dive into a little more of that. Um, to, you know, just really uh, drill down on on their worldview, maybe when they got a little bit older. But at the end of the day, man, I can honestly say that I saw God's grace over so many, you know, weaknesses, you know, I'm just a human being. And, I, you know, I'm not, I feel like what's impossible with man is possible with God, God makes it possible, it was impossible for me to homeschool eight children well and raise them well. And God somehow made it possible. So he covered my weaknesses and my inabilities. And he so faithfully provided that I feel like to say that I had regrets might sound like I'm saying that I wasn't content with God filling in the gaps. And, um, and I really am. I'm super thankful. I, I look at my kids and I think, wow, I, I'm just so grateful. You know, he was so good and so faithful. And I think that's another thing I would want families to walk away with. Like God is faithful. He loves you. He loves your kids. And um, he wants to work with us as we 
you know, raise and disciple and teach these kids. And so um, it's something he wants to do. And so just remembering that he's not, he's not going to withhold. He's going to give wisdom generously. Like he says in James one, um, he's just super faithful. Yeah, that's wonderful, Jorinda. It's such a joy and a privilege to get to partner with our children and with the Lord in raising them. So I'm really uh, excited for families to listen to your wisdom and be encouraged today. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Dorinda. And how can people find you and find your podcast? Sure. Um, you can find me at DorendaWilson.com. And the podcast is the Dorenda Wilson podcast. And you can listen from the website or you can listen from any of your favorite platforms. Um, and then I have three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, uh, The Four-Hour School Day, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom today. Have a wonderful day. You too. 